Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark, where the field mouse is fast, but the owl sees in the dark. <laughs> My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. Okay, where did you steal that from? Ah, uh, Gentleman Never Tells. <laughs> that was The Simpsons. No, actually it was not. Okay, then you got me. I don't know where that's from. Ha! You didn't even say what your name was. I did. I said, oh. I'm Leslie. Are you? Do you want to start over? No. <laughs> I didn't mess up. That sounds like something from the Breakfast Club. Do you want to go for one more? Yes. Well, that's three detentions. <laughs> Paddling the school canoe. Oh, you better believe that's a paddling. <laughs> so how have you been? I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. This week was really long. This was... We're recording the week that was President's Day, so we had I had Monday off. Did you have Monday off? I did. And even with a short week, it really dragged. Maybe just because I was expecting more days. Like I, I don't know how to explain it. It feels like on Friday. I even told people it doesn't feel like a Friday. It feels like I felt I, t- I took Friday off honestly. Oh man! I like do I have all this comp time built up from when we were like in our busy season. We got uh, you know overtime. You either choose pay or time off. And obviously, to avoid the tax issue, I know the time off. I actually didn't know that for the longest time. And then my work said, hey, don't forget, you can also do it this way. I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to um, take the extra time. Because <laughs> going, for the, going for the paychecks, fool's game. <laughs> I actually learned my lesson with the paycheck because I had to leave. I forgot what it's an emergency. I had to leave work like half a day. And then I worked a Saturday, and because I worked the half, because I was off half a day, they counted that towards straight time. Mm-hmm. And I, so basically, I worked an extra Saturday just for, you know, no reason. And I'm like, well, I would have stayed home if I knew that. Fool's game. I know, right? But yeah, anyways, I, I, I took like, I saw how much time off I had left. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> let me just go ahead and start setting up days off here. I know, that's the best way to do just so random did, like, Fridays. And I asked for it like the day before, too. Like, I put it in because I noticed, oh, there's time off available, so. <laughs> I know, don't you love it when people didn't take the time off for whatever reason? You're like, uh, I want, like, it was, it's a reason being everyone wants Christmas off, so they, a lot of times they never take the Monday after Thanksgiving yeah. off. Oh, I'm always on it. I'm like, mm, request, see, request, request. See, for me lately, I've felt like I prefer to take a Friday off than a Monday. Because mm. the way I look at it is the Monday is basically just a second Sunday. It's just, you're still, you still have that anxiety, like, going, oh God, I have to go to work tomorrow. The only thing that really does is it, it, it makes this, this makes your actual Sunday, like, Sunday, Sunday, like, less stressful, though. It really does. But speaking of less stressful, what what are you going to tell me about this movie that we watched? Oh, what, well, the stories I will tell you. I I did not know that movie. I'm used to documentaries about the ghost hunt and the paranormal being about an hour and a half. I'm just going to be up front right now. We both watched this movie together, so she knows exactly what the, what the movie is about. Uh, oh, yeah, and... I didn't know it was, what was it, two and a half hours? Two and a half hours of the same I, shot over and over I and totally over watched The Irishman, which was like, like what, three hours? I watched um, <laughs> Once Upon a, a Time in Hollywood, which was like two hours and 40 minutes. This was like a change. This was like a... The, <laughs> this killed no, me afternoon. No, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what was, what's the guy? Um, 
Oh my god, now I'm gonna like space on his name. What was the the, the actor from like Waterworld? Kevin Costner? Yeah, it was like a Kevin Costner movie. Basically. Riley Postman, just walking, yeah, walking. Walking, walking. But we'll get into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it since you're reviewing it? <laughs> okay, so the, the movie's called The Hunt for the Skinwalker. Uh, it was written and directed by Jeremy Kenyon and Lockyer Corbell and was released on September 11th, 2018. As you could imagine, this is um, just a movie version or a doc or a documentary docu-series i guess or well it's more a documentary it's not a series of the book that you read i would have probably preferred it to be a docu-series i saw a really good docu-series which really had a weird actually it has something with the skinwalker in it for me but anyway that's neither here nor there but i watched a really good docu-series and it, it just it kept my interest mm-hmm. and it was like something new like i was looking forward to it and i would i go to work and i would come back and be like oh i want to watch the next episode this episode this series this movie was not that thing but <laughs> it was interesting it was interesting except the fact that what did you say it was about two hours long about it, it, it's how we we how we've discussed it is everything that this documentary said in two hours could have easily been done much better within probably like an hour hour and a half tops at the most if you did a docuseries you could have okay so so getting back to it the hunt for the skinwalker is really it's like seriously based off of the book like almost word for word yeah it has george knapp who was the co-author of the um book and he's a journalist and He's in this for years. Yeah, for years, and he's has recordings and he's had tapes. And in the documentary, he basically shows you all this material that they couldn't release. Yeah, he's never been able to show this to anybody up until when they did this documentary. So I'm not going to lie. I I was like really looking forward to it. I'm like, I want to see this stuff. But here's the thing with the documentary. I don't know what I watched. I mean, they yeah. had some great interviews. Don't get me wrong. It was I thought it was shot really nice in the sense of like how he did the interviews. I thought it was because I, I got my major in electronic media. And I mean, shooting with a camera, editing, it's a lot harder than people think because there is there is a talent to it. Like whenever you, I know there's a lot of YouTubers and stuff out there, but if everyone was so popular, then you wouldn't have the ones with these awards. Like we just watched 1917, Chris and I, beautifully. They deserve the the um, director of photography award. Like it was just shot beautifully. Yeah, so, the movie looked, that movie did look really good to me. I haven't seen it, but oh, it looks like it's like it was done really well. It was done so well. So yes, I think it's I think he the I forgot his name. What, what did you say the director's name? Uh Jeremy Kenyon and Lockyer Corbell. I think they did a really well job of like shooting it, but as like a paranormal documentary about this, it's one of these things where if I read the book, what's interesting is when I read the book, it's cool to see the places they talked about in the book. In the movie, they taught they have all these um, videos, so you saw the trailer where. The cows that we talked about last time were trapped. You see the homestead. You see this ranch. But if you read the book, you already know all this. So this is just rehashing the same thing. Yeah. And half the time they would show this footage. And I'm like, 
well, what is this? They, Describe it. And they, they never did. They presented really no new information from what they had in the book. Mm-hmm. From what you've, what you, from what you've told me, and it, it, it's it. What would have actually, I think, would have made it really good is the things that they were describing in the interviews that they should have had maybe some kind of, um, oh, what do, what do you call it? The the you know, like in, in documentaries where they do a, re- a reenactment, right? A reenactment of that scene, what they're talking about. Like this person says, "Oh, I looked up and I saw this thing that looked like the sun, and there's another sky in there." That would have been a cool scene to like do a, a reenactment of, just to kind of like describe. So like, this is what it looked like. But they didn't do anything. They just kind of like they interviewed the people. People talked, and just like you said, they just kind of they showed shots of all these different areas. And then, but it seemed like the majority of the time they were just sitting around a campfire, like just chilling. Like it, hey. it was really. But see, the thing is, is. It, okay, I will admit the one thing that really annoyed me, which, oh my gosh, I could not stop doing this, is he would do this thing where the, the I don't know who, the editor, and I don't know if it was a good choice, but, and I men, men, remember I mentioned it to you, being like, if they keep doing this through the whole movie, I'm going to be annoyed, is they have someone talking, mm-hmm. and they want to, even though he, the person is crystal clear, they want to put in subtitles to kind of get your point across well this this movie they do that i need to get my my point across so they will go to like a black screen and then put the words of something up there yeah think you know i just said once upon a time in in hollywood yeah think uh quentin tarantino-esque where all of a sudden you have a black screen and you just have you know chapter four oh yeah yeah and it's just one of these things where it's like i don't like this you know who does it well is Josh Gates' show on uh, Travel Channel, what is it called? Um, Expedition Unknown. He has it where, or I don't know whose who's decision this was, where they're talking and the words come up on the corner. It doesn't go all the way across. It's just in the corner. And it's like sometimes the words are different sizes. Mm-hmm. So you can still read it, but it's somewhat distracting in the sense like, because it's in the corner, but it's not like in the middle. So like if you don't really want to look at it, you could just, you know watch the screen like you don't have to read the words but yeah. it's there but it's out of the way where i can ignore it if i really want to whereas this one's like you couldn't ignore it and you're just like it is all, it all up in your face and i thought and oh, okay they're just going to do this once or twice it was throughout the, whole, the film. whole thing and it seemed like oh some of the interviews were relevant as far as i was concerned like to you know the source material and then some of the interviews is kind of like well this person didn't provide really anything that had anything to do with anything not to to uh repeat myself too many times but it was dull well let me ask you this so i read the book so my whole thing is i read the book and i'm watching this movie and i'm just like oh my gosh this is a rehash in the book and so i somewhat got bored because i've already did these stories i was getting bored and i hadn't even read the book that well that's the thing so as someone who didn't read the book so we watched this before we recorded parts ones and two Mm -hmm. and if I had never told you what else happened in the book, what do you think of the movie? Like, I know it gave a little bit more information in the book, but I felt like it left it still left a lot out. It left a lot out, and even if I if you if you hadn't told me everything that pops up in the book, I would have still thought they needed to showcase this more. Because like most documentaries will, 
especially stuff that's based on paranormal phenomenon or you know things like that they will do like some sort of reenactment or an or, a, or an investigation or an I, investigation like, i was excited me. about this i was like oh my god i want to go because i they did the trailer of their around this bonfire they're they're walking through the the ranch and i'm like i want to see this nothing i want to see, show me the spot where the guy like saw the the por- the portal that let looked like it went to another dimension or something show me the spot where the person was saying that what was it it was it was another tear in space and some humanoid thing came out and then ran off into a field somewhere so see that, like that. Like, that was interesting in the sense because of these are were georgian apps videos they had the real scientists and you could totally tell it was 90s early 2000s style hair and like, I was watching this, like, that, that I told you the one guy wearing, like, the two cameras, and he has this big, big, um, chunky Sony camera, and I said, my mom had that camera. Like, I know exactly when time frame They're all is. wearing, like, you know, a sweater over a button-up collar exactly. for some reason. So, it was really great that they had those first-hand account interviews, and they were done at the time. So, it's fresh, and it's not 20 years later, this is what I remember. I love that part. But then it was like, okay, well, what are you going to investigate now? Well... You had the great um, interview with, I forgot what the physicist's name is, and he's talking about the very first chapter of the book is about the wolf or the this animal that comes up to the family and tries to bite the calf's head through the bars. And you see, he basically walks you through it, and he's like, here's where it was, and here's the entrance, and this is where the calf, and this is how him and his son went after it. And this is how many how many slugs we put into it. Exactly, and it exactly. And going. And, and I was like, okay, like this is, and he's walking you through it, I'm like, this is great. What would have been awesome is if now you go 20 years later, and like, hey, here's what it looks like now, and is it still, does they should have shown a picture of that calf's head. I don't think they had a picture of it. Though they should have. <laughs> I mean, like, not that I want to see a, a, a mauled calf's head, but I'm just saying it, it kind of drives the point across. Like, this is what happened. I'm, this is what you should see. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm so glad we ate before the movie because I didn't realize they were going to show so much footage of the cow mutilations. <laughs> so which, many. Oh my gosh, which I was just like, I am so glad we ate before this. Because so many emptied out cows yeah so uh, fyi fair warning if you guys check this movie out which i mean if you don't want to read the book this is a great kind of uh, it's okay it's okay but it's a great companion piece it really is and and his footage from like george knapp's footage is interesting what i didn't like though was we were watching it and it would show like this footage you could tell was from a security camera it's night vision and you saw stuff like in the rocks and it's like okay is that something moving is that an animal and i'm waiting for a voiceover like i'm waiting for like as you can see here we don't know what this was or i'm waiting for anyone to tell us and then it's just like a freaking quote of you know the truth is out there basically (laughs) and i'm sitting like what am i they show like three or four footage of these security cameras but I don't, I don't know what I'm watching. Like, okay, there's three guys walking in the field. Is this the night they saw something? Is this just an example of them walking to the field with a infrared camera? And that's another thing is that they did a lot of shots like that where they would say, like, oh, here's our camera work or something. And we're just walking around random places, too. Like, oh, like you were saying, like the homestead and stuff like that. 
just like, okay, that's great. It's a creepy looking old house. Cool. But you're not really like going around the ranch. Until the end almost. Like this movie was an hour and forty fo- hour and forty five minutes in before they finally were like, Okay, now we're at the ranch. I'm like, so the last twenty minutes of the film or the like the last what, thirty minutes of the film is when you're going to the ranch? And, and it's like, Oh, by the way, we didn't find anything. Like this, it's not even that we didn't find anything. It was We didn't try. <laughs> it's well it was one of those this is what we did. We we were here and we made a lot of noise and we made sure that they knew. Yeah, why didn't they film that process? Like, like why I would have loved that. Why are we, why is it the only thing that we're seeing is them hanging around at a campfire and just chill? I think one of them had a beer in their hand or something. I'm not gonna know. lie, I think I missed part maybe they did it at the beginning but I missed part of it. I just feel like I, I felt like I missed something that like even when it got to the end and it ended, and I looked at you, and I'm like, did I miss, like, did I fall asleep? Because I'm not going to lie, we were playing with my, uh, our cat, the neighbor's cat came upstairs when we were watching this, and we started, like, petting Oreo, and just like, <laughs> like oh yeah, we should be even taking notes. I know, well, let's, let's play with I the still, kitty cat. I still didn't take notes. I took some notes. It's, well, I mean, it's, you know, it wasn't really that much, so you could really be like, oh, I hope I got to write a bunch of stuff down. You know, anything you already covered, basically, from the book is the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. This was all just, like, leftovers. <laughs> all right. So we have to talk about the best part of the movie, though. So now Bigelow, who bought the ranch for, from the Gormans, mm-hmm. sold the ranch. And they had an interview with a new owner, but his face was... Hidden. Hidden. And his voice distorted. And his voice distorted. So please do your impression of this. Because you even said, you called it. You said, I bet you anything this documentary, halfway through your life, I bet you anything this documentary is going to have one person whose face and voice is going to be distorted. (laughs) And sure enough, like when he came up, I said, well, you called it. I'm glad we didn't bet on that. (laughs) I was like laughing safely. We're also laughing for another reason, which we'll bring up in a minute. But go ahead. He's like, so I purchased them all the Skinwalker Ranch, and we've just all over the place. We haven't found absolutely nothing. What you gotta understand is, uh, when when you bought the ranch, and it, something's here. You gotta understand, something's here. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what do you say to people uh, who don't believe? Like, they're delusional. They, you just have to understand that something's here, and there's. <laughs> Some something has been known to be here, and I don't want my, my name give, to get out. Gonna give a hundred and ten percent team effort. Oh my god! Like, but it's <laughs> I just could not take the guy seriously. I mean, now it's not that if you, if you want to, it's not because he wanted to remain nameless and faceless and stuff. I get that. I, I, always, I always just laugh. I just I like. Just laugh why are you doing a whole interview? In a sense of like, and, he, and they had him like wearing all. He's like wearing all black. And okay, okay. And, here's, and now we now here's the thing that I I I pointed out to you that I just this is why I can't take it seriously. This is this is why they're sitting around a fire at the end, and and it's George Knapps, it's the let's, let's director, it's all this, and they're all talking about their experiences and how they believe yeah. and what it could be. Let's keep in mind black turtleneck, black, black pants, watch on his. Oh yeah, so the so the guy who's distorted has a big old, like, looks like a Rolex watch, and mm-hmm. he has a wedding ring. And, like, I can't tell if it's a black turtleneck or just a black, like, really call, like, big collar shirt. And, like, brown pants and hiking boots and stuff. Like, you could tell, like, what he's wearing. 
And we get to the end at the fire pit, and I'm like, the guy in the black shirt and the hiking boots with the watch and his wedding ring, is that the guy who's distorted? And I pointed that out to you, and you're all like, <laughs> you're like, I think it is. And I'm like, no. And I kept saying, no, they couldn't have done that because why, why distort this for like, you know, 20 minute interview and then have a shot at the end where he's talking to these five men. What I what I was what I always thought was was hilarious is during when they interviewed him they played like this ominous music in the background and like he was just sitting in this really creepy looking room he's like just two it was just like this old looking room right? he's, he, you could tell he's in the, probably in the homestead yeah and he's got like bed the on twin, the side yeah the twin on beds side, on and he's side. just sitting in a single chair in the center of the room and they're just playing like this creepy music in the no background. he was on the chair he was like sitting on a because uh, he was sitting in front of the window. So the the light distorted his face. He was sitting on a nightstand. Oh, I thought it was a chair. It could have been. I don't know. I just I couldn't. <laughs> but the the thing is, I just thought it was like, why? What's the why? The the creepiest music in the whole documentary was pretty much reserved for this guy in interviews or something. I don't know. I don't get. We're, we're turning we're turning this into like basically a movie review, which is basically what it is. Well, I thought we were going to have some great more like oh my gosh, and then they they found this thing, and this is just recently. Exactly. It's literally the same story. So I'm so sorry, with, with, everyone. With no, not even circumstantial evidence. Like you know, like you, we watch those shows about like you know people who say oh there's UFOs that landed in a cornfield, but at least you go to those things. They have the the crop circles. They've shown I, the crop circles. I would have even taken the guy, because the director was, like, the first 20 minutes is, like, he shows footage from 2017. The Department of Defense released photo, uh, photos, I'm sorry, videos of unidentified flying objects from the Navy, I think it was, from, from pilots, mm-hmm. from the military pilots. And he talks about that for about 20 minutes about, like... Oh, yeah, and they, he, they, they say there's basically actually a, um, a department in the government that's specifically, like, made yeah. for unidentified flying objects. And I remember when that came out, the name Bigelow was mentioned. <clears throat> and then a lot of people put him together with the Skinwalker Ranch. And so a lot of people were like, oh, see, it's the same, you know, it's this organization, this is all about government, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of this documentary, George Knapp is saying, like, there's a lot of confusion with that. These are two separate things. And it's like, well, okay, I'm glad they cleared that up. But then he kept going back to this footage. Because I think he went back to it again at the end of the film. Or, like, towards the end of the film. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this footage is, like, great because in the sense of the book, the book is set up with, here's what happened on the ranch. Here's some other hot spots. Here's what happened on the ranch. Here's a story about a skinwalker and Native American lore. So I see how they were they set up the the Tearing the fabric of space and time exactly. And I see how they set up the the documentary like that. But then you have like that twenty minutes. Then you have the director saying like this is why he's doing it, which I totally I I respect because that's how he's basically given his you know here's my promise about I'm going to tell you about what I want to deliver and what I want to do and what I the questions I need answered. Yeah. Totally get that. And then I feel at the end it just went kaput. Like if he just wanted to say, hey, I wanted to give George Knapp a, a chance to to tell his side of the story with visuals that he can never like give, I think I would have been more prepared. Cause I honestly thought this was more about him going to the ranch 
Yeah. Him spending time there. And by him, I mean the director. And also, I guess also like experiencing, maybe not making, having his own experiences, but telling his experiences in the sense of what he feels. Like, you know, this ranch is this way. And I feel like they weren't doing that. Like, they had some great shots where they were going into houses. And it's just like, but it was like voiceover with George Knapp talking about like his experiences or a voiceover from this physicist from the 90s. And it was just one, it was a really awkward thing. And I'm like, you know, I would have rather just have him walk through with someone because it looked like they were doing like a little tour and him just talking about like, this is a house and this is where um, Ellen, I forgot what the, the pseudonym was. But this is where she saw the RV looking UFO that was sitting in their front lawn or Yes, whatever. exactly. And this is, this and again, reenactment I want to the best way to kind of let people know this is what it looked like is to kind of give them give give us like a visual you know CG people that's all I'm asking is CG exists for this purpose specifically I mean you could have made a whole little mini scene showing all these different things that happen and I think that would have lended a lot to you know, the entertainment value of the documentary is to kind of give you like a visual representation of what people believe happened in this, in this, on this ranch. I keep going back to it, like the, the portal thing, the thing coming out of the portal and running off into the field. Heck, even do like a, you know, a reenactment of the dire, of the wolf thing that, you know. Oh yeah. That, that was interesting in the book. It just says wolf or, or, um, like a dog or a wolf. And then in the movie, or in the documentary, it does say that the family looked at photos and said, oh, this is what it looked like. And they said, oh, that's a dire wolf. It's been extinct for like... Hey guys, sorry, we paused for a minute there because uh, there was a motorcycle outside. So we're picking up, but we kind of forgot where we were talking about. So we're just going to not so much pick up where we left off, but have a new tangent. Oh, I think I was talking about uh, visual... Visual oh, CG. That's CG right. That's stuff. right. Like I think it was just it would have lended a lot to the entertainment value of this thing to be able to see. Oh no, no. We were talking about Dire Wolf. That's what we were talking oh, about. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so it was really. I, I will admit it was really fascinating to to hear that saying that. Oh, it was a Dire Wolf, Winter's and they've been coming. Winter's coming. Exactly. I was waiting for. Where's Ned Stark? At? Yeah, right. I was waiting for someone to come with like ice and just. I've really come with eyes. You've never watched Game of Thrones. No, you? I haven't. Okay. I read the first book and then I couldn't. Just it was. Fun. It gave me too much anxiety. I needed. An, I need to know what happens to people. That's why you keep reading the books. You know how gleeful Chris was when the Red Wedding came out. Like <laughs> he just knew what was coming. But anyway, I, we digress. But back to the movie. I think that if I was watching this movie, and I heard there was a book, I'd probably be like, eh, I think I can skip the book. In this case, it's the exact opposite. Oh, I know. I would want to read the book first, and then watch the movie just to see the spots where everything happened. Like they Again, I know I mentioned they show the trailer, and they show the crowd. It's great to get that in your head, be like, oh, that's what it looks like. Because, you know, what I'm reading, I kind of picture it, and oh, what is this going to look like? But it would have been cool if they did, like what you said, has some reenactments mm-hmm. because it's what we picture in anyway. I'm not saying anything faked or anything. I'm just saying I'd like to be able to like kind of see 
from their point of view, yeah, like what this scenario looked like, so I can kind of get a better understanding of what that person saw. And this might be just a small time, not small time, but like this might be an indie director who basically can't afford to to do the CG. And it's private property now, so maybe they didn't want like, oh, hey, I rented this RV. Can we drive it? It's because that's what they kept saying, seeing was this RV driving real fast. You can even do like little cheap CG stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like really like just low key. Like, well, just show me an RV picture and it says this is what it looked like. Like, because I oh, yeah. like that stuff. I'm like, oh, that's what or it looked just, like. You could do an illustration of the scenario. It doesn't even have just something that kind of shows like, oh, this is what happened. This is what the person thought that happened or whatever. But the, the thing is, too, it talked more about the scientists, which I understand they had the interviews with them. So with them, I should say. So that so makes that... sense. But even I was, I was like, oh, okay, they had all these great stories, and they they did the same stories that I did. They talked about the cameras. They talked about um, what's some other things they talked about. They talked about how they brought dogs with them, and they kept them in the kennels and oh, yeah. and these run, uh, dog runs. Because they had these big towers, and they would they so, built they built these towers, and they put people up there so they could watch the ranch, and they had the dog runs extend out what about fifty feet or so. Yeah, and I then said people somebody kept letting dogs or something or someone kept letting the dogs out at night. Yeah, so it kept opening up. And then they put a lock on it, and then the lock got broken or something like that, right? Yeah, and then they would put like first I think it was like zip ties or something just to keep the fence, mm-hmm. and the zip ties were ripped off, and then like the locks were broken, and I think they had cameras on them and didn't ever catch anything on cameras, and it was really I mean it's cool to see where the towers were, and to hear the stories, but I would just want the director to sit in the tower for a couple hours at night, like hey what what do we see now? Put some night vision goggles on. I would have been so happy with that. Like this is I'm sorry I watched so many paranormal documentaries, some good, some bad, but this is just like what not was I was expecting, and I think that's why I'm so disappointed. You didn't read the book, but I was you, just disappointed from the get go. And so. and you, but mostly from a like film goer you know movie watcher watching it and just being like i'm not really sure what i'm watching it was just got a little a little bit all over the place but i mean the atmosphere was good oh yeah I, they, I like they, the they nailed the atmosphere it was just like the, the the meat of the of the of the documentary is like they kind of let just left me wanting more i guess it's just me like, too. But, like but, not, that's but, not, why... but not in a good way not like they gave me good stuff and now i want more it's more like you didn't give me anything, so I'm kind of just going... Mm-hmm. Give me more. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? What's funny is that... Not funny, ha, huh? But like, what's funny is he did such a good... The director did such a great job on those interviews. Like, he interviewed the one woman talking about her son who saw the saw this craft and him being diagnosed with... What was it? I think it was... It was cancer? Something like, like Something that. like that. Radiation, poison, and, and just like yeah, the emotion... And just the interview was just so heartwarming, not heartwarming, but like heartfelt. Like I was like, I was there in her kitchen, you know, talking to her. Like I love that, that he could showcase that. And I'm glad that he put it in the film, but I, I don't know. After a while you forget like, wait, was that the director or was that George Knapp? And I kept like, I didn't know where I was at certain times. So I'm like, am I in today or am I back 20 years ago? Yeah. Are we, are we, is this a 90s interview or? Like, I know it was the director, like, you just read, like, who the director was and stuff. I'm like, I would have given more credit to George Knapp because that was all his film. Like, it was all his, his research. Yeah. 
But overall, would I watch this again? It's a good. It's something good to just have playing in the background. Yeah, I would say like if you if you kind of want to just kind of come in and out and be like oh, okay you know because if you, you let's say you start watching this movie you walk or walk away for like five ten minutes come back you didn't really miss anything <laughs> like it's a good movie to see what was done in the nineties late nineties early two thousands about the about the ranch like it's a really good but but for it to then kind of come to the future, like to, to today, and it would be like 20 minutes, it felt really one-sided. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm describing right. Like, I would have probably preferred almost chapter S. It's, it's, like, one chapter, like, this is the Gorman family. Then I'm here and doing it. Mm-hmm. This is when the NIDS came in, the scientists. This is all George Knapp's information. And then, you know, yeah. I, I think if, it, if... It's almost like they were, like, without coming right out and saying it saying we haven't done anything new and there's nothing new to report so we have nothing in the present time to really put in this documentary so we're just kind of doing everything from from the last 20 years up until now and i don't want to give the wrong wrong impression he did the director did go around like he had the the new owner they did go around and they're they were in like this golf cart, and I remember they all were like they had like semis. Oh yeah, they made a big show of like, oh we have guns. It's like they were yeah, expecting, we had force. Yeah, we were expecting some dire wolves or some aliens to come right at, come running after them or something. But it's like that. That was cool. Now I'd love to see something actually happen that warranted the use of that those firearms. And I was waiting for. I mean, because okay, while the owner's face was 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 blacked out or you know was distorted. His employees a little like they weren't like the security guards. So I was thinking, oh man, they have some stories. They're they're going to be telling you the reason why I carry this gun and I don't let it on my site is because of. And I mean, they had a couple pictures they were looking at, and they went to the area where the pictures were. And yes, the pictures do look like the UFOs of what you see in in other UFO encounters, but like a cigar in the sky. I will tell you the truth. I watched Unsolved Mysteries for Valentine's Day. That was the we Chris made me a beautiful dinner and we just stayed in and I he said, What do you want to watch? I'm like, Unsolved Mysteries. Well Picard and then Unsolved Mysteries. And we watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries about the Hudson lights. And I will admit, man, that creeped me out so much that when I watched this I was like, okay, I'm not as creeped out. Like Unsolved Mysteries is so creepy with its aliens. Sightings was good too. Oh yeah, sightings like and I wanted to be creeped out. I couldn't wait to come and tell you guys, like, oh my god, this movie. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep at night. His, I seriously just, I kept forgetting half the film. I, and I told you today, I'm like, I gotta watch a little bit more in the middle because I, I can't remember what happens in the middle. I remember the ending, remember the beginning, but I can't remember all the interviews. Yeah. And I didn't take that good of notes because I was playing with my my neighbor's kitty cat. But overall, I have to say that I probably won't watch this again. I think it was beautifully done in the sense of how he incorporated George Knapp's information about it and then the information in the book. Mm-hmm. I wish that it was more of a docu-series instead of like a two hour and a half, like two and a half hour chunk, which I just lost too much information. And I don't think it gave such a good examples of like why the book was so good. I, they expounded on more on the book. And here's, here's an example. They talked about... Um, I mentioned this in the last episode. They talk about how the owners 
when they sold it to the Gormans that they said, don't, you know, you need, tell us when you're about to dig or anything. And they didn't think about that. And that's all the book says. In the documentary, it does explain a little bit more where they would be on the ranch and they would hear these weird metallic sounds under, coming under the ground, like a, like a factory underground. And they would hear metal on metal and they would hear grinding like, And I said, man, that's so creepy thinking that, yeah, I don't want to dig because what's under there making that sound? I'll tell you what it is. What? It's that house from Cabin in the Woods. (gasps) Yes. Oh, my God. This is totally Cabin in the Woods. It's the monster factory. Oh, my God. Bradley Whitford is somewhere wanting to take off his uh, child-proof his cabinets and wants to see a merman. And if you guys, for those of you who haven't seen Cabin in the Woods... I would recommend that movie to anyone. I love that movie. Especially like the last like probably like half hour. Oh, half hour so good. When they finally get inside the monster factory or whatever that thing was called. Yeah. So no spoilers, but it's it's, it's it's a good. It's it's a good bloody event. It's a it's a parody of horror (sighs) movies. And yet it's a good horror movie in its own right. Yeah, exactly. It's a horror movie, not a horror movie kind of thing. So anyway, uh, well, I think that's all the time we have for this review. What uh, I've said my thing, but what would you do it again? Watch this I, again? Would you, what would, would you recommend it? Tell, tell me your thoughts. Personally, I would not watch the movie again. Mostly because I, I, the first time I tried watching it, like I said, I was falling asleep. Or at certain points, I was falling asleep because it just wasn't holding my interest. Probably, like I said before, like probably like has something in the background, like while I'm doing something else, like when we were looking up other stories today, like having it playing in the background, like that's fine. But and it was well done in certain parts, but there are other areas where I, as I've already said, there there's more they could have put in or more effort they could have put into it. Yeah, I respect the, that he put it out there because it's hard. If you ever produced anything, if you ever put yourself out there, it's hard. And I'm not criticizing him in the sense of I mean, like throwing for, shade or anything like that. I I think he did for the material he had. I think he did a really well yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did for what it was. It was he did well on it. But just speaking from like what I want from something like that, exactly. It it needed more to keep my to hold my interest, but. I would say probably like out of, you know out of, out of ten I would probably give it like probably like a four and a half. I'll give it a six, six seven, and the reason because of George Knapp, his his footage he must have had so much footage. Like I said, you were sitting there watching security camera footage. The only thing is there was no explanation of what I was watching. Literally, there's no like if you could see like I want George Knapp or a director or something saying this footage that was taken from George Knapp shows three men walking in the field. If you look to the lower right corner, you see something moving. Or if, if you look over to the right, you will see aliens and a terror the fact of space and time. <laughs> you do that way too well. Maybe you should just do I just want a podcast. Here's a podcast idea for anyone who wants to start a podcast. I just want you to distort your voice and then just be like, this this is a distorted voice podcast. Or we talk <laughs> I think, about didn't it? they already yeah. use something like that on like Adult Swim? Oh, probably. Like it was I like mean, a family and witness protection or something like that and they all wore masks. Oh, I don't know. At, Adam, is it Adam Sandberg, the one on Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. Okay. Is it Adam or Andy? Andy. Andy, sorry. He 
and the Lonely Island, I think it was, I don't think it was Lonely Island, maybe it was just him, did the HBO movie, and it was a mockumentary about, um, like, a, the Tour de France. Am I saying that wrong? Tour de France? Yeah, but it, it's basically a, a mockumentary about it, and they have a guy in, they have a guy, and there was some scandal, and they have a guy in shadows with a distorted voice saying, like, you know, they can never find like They can never find me. If they find me, I'll be in trouble. I'll, I'll be, I, I could be in real danger. And then it has the director saying, oh, do you want some water? Yes, uh, I would like some water. Some water would be nice. And then he leans forward, and you see it's Lance Armstrong. <laughs> and then he leans back, and, you know, he's drinking his water. And it's like, and it, it's a funny joke because you're waiting for it because... I thought oh, it was a funny joke because you're always waiting for them to accidentally show him. And there's certain times where in, I want to say it was, I don't think it was on Unsolved Mysteries, but someone told me one time, maybe it was on Friends of Files, there was a show that did that and there was a mirror behind them and you could see them. They didn't block out the mirror and it was just really poorly done. So it's making fun of that. And then you watch this movie and I'm like, hey, that guy with the same watch and the wedding ring dressed all in black and with the hiking boots, is that the same guy who's sitting next to the director? <laughs> So it was like, I, I, I will admit, when I was watching that scene, all I kept thinking was Andy Samberg's Lance Armstrong bending that, forward to get some water. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so we've said what we need to say about this. Hey, yeah, and I just want to say the last thing is, if you want to see a movie, because you didn't want to see the, watch the book, sorry, if you didn't want to read the book, watch the movie, it gives you the exact same information as all the podcasts that every, whenever you listen to podcasts about this, you know, Skinwalker, it basically talks about this book mm -hmm. and a lot of people reference this book. So if you want to see something based off of this book and you want to actually see locations, this is the great one because it was done in the nineties. It was what the locations look like. I don't know what the locations look like now because it really didn't show too much, yeah. but this is a really good show for that. But don't go in there thinking that they're going to do their own investigation. You can't see it, but Jay was shaking his head. That's right. Anyway, so uh, I guess we should do our legendary listener shout-out. Who are we Ooh. shouting out to today? Hold on, I'm dropping everything. Okay, our shout-out to our legendary listener is Victoria, Texas. Woo! <laughs> I like Texas. We've got a lot of uh, hits in Texas. Usually I see them about like Houston and Austin, but Victoria, I don't think I've ever that's, heard of. That's a new one. Yeah, that's a new one. I don't think I don't even know when Texas where that's at. But thank you so much for listening, Victoria, Texas. Thank You're you, awesome. Thank you, thank you. Take us home. This has been another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. Your purveyors of the paranormal and your curators of the creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night.